Hello and welcome back to the Main Course Podcast. I'm here with Dakota Edgar. Yo, yo. And our special guest, Dylan Felt. That's me. Dylan, you want to tell us about yourself a little bit before we dive into this interview? Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm a music video director who uh, does a bunch of different things. Uh, I've sold out a movie theater with my friends off a short film we've made. I won a segment of the Denver Film Festival with the short film I've made. Um, I got like 25 million views. I'm reading my website. This is awesome. I'm so glad I built this. Um, <laughs> I got, I've, helped, I've helped channels get like 300,000 subscribers. Um, I just make a ton of different things, and I'm interested in a ton of different topics. So um, that's who I am, and this is what I do. Perfect. Well, uh, Dakota, you, you want to dive into the interview? Yeah, uh, just a little bit more background. So where, where are you originally from, Dylan? Originally from a place called Winter Parker. It's like uh, in between Milwaukee and Chicago, like 40 minutes from each. Right on. And where, where are you at these days? I know you've been, you've been you've bounced around a lot over the last couple yeah. of years. So where, where, where all have you lived over the last couple of years? I'm definitely a gypsy, but like currently living in, uh, I don't even know, uh, Chattanooga in my uh, crack house. <laughs> Woo! This is, welcome to the crack house. Um, I don't know. I lived in New York, uh, Chicago, Milwaukee, uh, Seattle, Denver, here now. Um, maybe Austin, Texas next is what I'm thinking. Ooh, thinking. all right. What's right your favorite on. place you've lived so far? Chattanooga. No, I'm kidding. Uh, New York City, bar none. You know that, Jake. Come on. Uh, but Seattle. I just wanted to confirm. Seattle. New York's the coolest city, but Seattle was like, uh, you know, I made like the best of friends there. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. And so. I guess when and how did you really start getting involved in, in filmmaking? Like, was this something you were always kind of interested as a kid or did some opportunity just kind of present itself? Like, how'd you really get into it? I loved cameras. Um, my, my friend's mom, Miss Palmer, she makes the best pancakes in the world and she had like a handheld uh, okay. camera. And my buddies and I, we would film just dumb shit. And uh, that just progressed over time. And I, my dad would get me a camera to like bring in the paintball world like i went to this website pbnation.com as a child and i this was before ebay and i would i'd work on their buy sell trade form where like you can buy cameras you can buy paintball guns you can buy anything it was like it was a marketplace you know um and i got my first camera on there uh and i've just been shooting ever since um like been my full-time job now since i was 18 so 10 years but always had a camera damn it's crazy because like so to give some more background, so Dylan used to run a blog called The Place for Things, uh, which was like a pretty popular hip hop blog, had a lot of Midwestern artists, uh, also Seattle, and then uh, artists I used to manage, Feli. But it's crazy because I didn't know that you were into cameras, I feel like for the first like two years that we interacted, like just like it really never came up, you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy now seeing that like you've, you know, obviously progressed along with the rest of the world from blogging, you know, right. into visual content, <laughs> which is a kind of a cool transition to watch happen. Um, yeah i mean I, f- I feel really lucky that i was able to see that like uh transition coming away from the blogging thing and i was like well i'm not even really passionate about this writing stuff like i like that i'm doing good for artists but i'm not right. feeling satisfied doing this so i started doing the music video part and then my friend sam as you know you know sam Sam, Walker, yeah. he he did all of the writing he hired all the writers all that stuff and we grew to be this big blog and then I don't know. We just got disinterested with like the blogging yeah. atmosphere. No, so. you, you made the music videos and Sam's trying to save the democracy. Yeah, uh, dude. And he's doing a great Sam. job. Shout out to Sam. Yeah. Shout out to Sam. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a funny story about how you guys met too, right? Because like, how long did you actually know each other before we met in, in Texas for those Travis Thompson shows? Probably like five years, four years or yeah. something. I mean, we probably linked back in like 2014. Oh, yeah. I think the internet I was a sophomore awesome. in college. Yeah. And we met for the first time in person in 20, was that 18? 2018, yeah. So yeah, four years. That's crazy. Yeah, man. We just so kept like, in touch. I mean, it worked out. If you find like-minded people, whether they're in your town or on the internet, like don't, don't disavow that relationship. You know, like it's so cool that we get to do this. Like how many years later you guys have accomplished yeah. so much. It's now like, been six years. Thing. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Like you've never seen any of this stuff happening when you first meet someone online. No. It comes to fruition. That's pretty magical in that way. Yeah. And, uh, Anyone listening who's a Philly fan, you might remember, you might really remember the place for things from those t- Twitter takeovers. Remember those? We were early like on spam, that. Spam the Twitter feed for like <laughs> yeah. an hour. Those are epic. <laughs> it's like, hey, get your fans to ask as many questions because you don't got to f*** up your timeline. <laughs> you can do I it guess, on ours. <laughs> for some backgrounds, that, the night we did that, it was, I think, right after Milk and Sugar came out maybe. Um, yeah. And it's funny because so Fell had an online midterm. And he, but he didn't know about it until like 10 minutes before the Twitter takeover. So okay. we were simultaneously responding to all these tweets on your on the Twitter <laughs> account. And then we were also trying to figure out all the answers for his midterm. Like we're all like we're all like in a room together. We're like, all right, like all right, we gotta like keep rotating, like who's on the midterm, like who's answering Twitter <laughs> questions, like how are we gonna get all this done? Uh, would you would you guys pull on times. that? Would you guys pull on that test? I mean, Chris graduated with like an excellent GPA, so much better than mine. So it must have been a good grade. I also oh, think yeah. it was like a, it was a GE about the Holocaust. So it was like a pretty gnarly subject matter to be like juggling with a, you know, <laughs> what inspired this like super uplifting, you know, rap album named after your favorite things to add to tea. So Auschwitz. Yeah, it was dark. That was hot. But I assume that's know, kind of that's the funny thing you know, at Twitter. You never know what the. F- people are doing while they're tweeting they're pooping they're studying their f-ing holocaust history it's so funny it's <laughs> unreal hey, um, get off I, too. facts facts uh, big facts but I, I assume that made the transition to music videos pretty like pretty easy right i mean because you're already working yeah. with a lot of artists right at the time i was gonna um, say what was like the first opportunity that you had kind of in that space um i did a f-ing music video sale i was like hundred bucks let's uh let's have a sale and like you know that shit popped on facebook like everyone's like yeah i'll sign up so i had 30 people send me a hundred bucks for the first time in my life i'm like oh my god this is this is a good amount of money for a kid that is just like a kid who smokes a lot of weed and then i just completely ruined it by not being prepared for 30 videos and what that actually means i can't even imagine so, yeah that That's was a t- insane i mean i could do it today i do do it today but not like uh yeah, I learned a lot of hard lessons from that. But the transition Not for 100 was bucks. Made <laughs> Never for 100 bucks. <laughs> but the transition was easy to answer your question because of the community we built with the place for things. You know, yeah. it was always a by artist for artist, our phrase. Uh, by artist for artist uh, endeavor. So it's cool that it's always remained that. Yeah, I mean, and then too, I, I guess uh, I, I really like this story. So I feel like I want to ask you about it a little bit. You, I mean, you spent really kind of, how, how long did you live up in Seattle? Like two, two years or so, three years? Um, I lived there two separate times, but okay. well, the first one was a year and a half and the second one was like three and a half or three. And that, and that three and a half years, I mean, like you were basically Travis Thompson's like go-to content guy, but I yeah. just, could you tell the story about how, how you and Trav, uh, ended up linking up together? Cause I love this. Yeah. Story. 
So I was sleeping on a couch at my buddy's house uh, in Seattle. His name's Campana. He's an incredible artist. Go check out his music too. And it was just a place where anybody could come. It was an open door policy, you know. And I think Travis had just started smoking weed, like. Uh, so like, and he was still living with his mom, so he needed a place to kick in. I think, and like, we were artists, so it was like, a, it was a cool place to be. Tyler Dobbs lived with us for a minute, like he was really close with man. And that's Travis producer. Yeah. And <laughs> I think he'd just come over to get high for a little bit, and like he'd just be hanging out in the living room, and that was my f- bedroom. So like, <laughs> who's this little chunky fucking Native American kid? Why are you smoking big old backwoods as a starter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and then goes to show that like never underestimate like uh, what meeting somebody over smoking can do for you. Because I was about different. to say because that was I mean that was a crazy connection for you because yeah, you guys worked long, like yeah. nonstop for a couple of years. And that must have been cool too to see to see him like his come up through that whole, you know. Like really front row seat, truly front row seat right. to that whole thing. It was a unique opportunity, man. I'm really grateful that I got a buddy who was able to follow his dream. And I got to see that. And I, I love that it was mutually beneficial, right? Because like like seeing just the elevation of his art, like because I mean his music, right, is his own crafts and his own platform. But seeing like the visual evolution, right, for Travis is so nice. Like you and Mike both, right, totally. like bringing a lot of that uh, for him shout to the Mike. forefront. Yeah, shout out Mike. Mike is Travis's guy. He designed this, he designed the place for things logo. Like he, he's, he's in every, everybody's work. Uh, he's a really special artist. Definitely yeah. look into that. He's awesome. Cause he's good. Pay him. <laughs> so now kind of taking a, a step away from music a little bit. Um, I know like, obviously you're, you're involved in so many different kinds of, of projects, right? So like how, how is, a kind of your creative process different when you pivot from like something like a music video and then a couple days later you're shooting some some paintball tournament and then a couple days after that you know you're working on a short film right so like how how do those I guess like processes change uh, or different like kind of steps that you go through when you're you know pivoting from so many different projects yeah I mean well filmmaking is cool because it's like one of the unique art forms where like every time you turn that camera on bro, it's just different. Like it, the situation's different, the light's different, the people you have, the money you have, the money you don't have, like it's all different. So it's really a a breath of fresh air. Every time you get to do a different uh, type of film, like a different style. So like you said, paintball films, I love making those. It's where I've like found my most growth outside of being attached to Travis. And like, that means a ton to me because I want to be, a filmmaker at the end of the day and like paintball seems like an outlet to get my first movie made so i'm gonna keep going hard into that but like making music videos especially narrative videos is where like i get a lot of my enjoyment it's so satisfying to tell a story especially through film but uh it's really difficult to get somebody to buy a narrative music video because they're really hard to make and they take a lot of resources, but it's really fun. And I strongly suggest like, if you are a filmmaker, diversify, even if it's within just like the different disciplines of filmmaking, like learn to edit, learn to direct, learn to coordinate some fucking outfits, you know, production design, learn how to uh, color grade. Uh, all of these things will only help make whatever it is you end up doing in film that much more successful for you. So yeah, diversify your shit and also for your own sanity because like if you're making wedding videos all day I'd f- 
I would shoot myself <laughs> in the like, oh my God. But I love making wedding videos because I only do like 10 a year. So every time right. I do it, I'm like, right. I'm making a wedding video. I'm getting drunk today. This is going to be sick. <laughs> 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 so yeah, make sure you do that. And also like you just, the different, the bigger your portfolio grows, the more people feel comfortable hiring you. I would say that's a, a strong takeaway. I was going to say, like, because you've been involved in so many different things now, like, do you still have to, like, try to promote yourself to get opportunities? Or do you feel like you have a pretty steady flow of uh, things that are presented to you now? I, I mean, I feel just lucky because that's all that's true, what you just said. Like, I don't really have to post and promote as much or at all, to be honest. Like, I yeah. don't really have to post a video ever for people to hit me up and be like, I need this type of video or I need that type of video. I'm a musician. Can you help me with editing this video? So like, that's been really great. The, the, like the thing I'm excited about is taking that next step. And like, what does that look like? It's like collaborating with other cinematographers, collaborating with editors, and then really like scaling a business instead of just being myself. But yeah, I feel really confident that on any given day I could post a music video and say this sale, this price sale is happening and I would get an overwhelming response from it and i don't know like maybe i'll do that 500 dollars music video coming soon like in the next <laughs> week or two and go your first. Website. yeah the place for things out us go to it um yeah and i'll make you some hollywood style cinema for budget. do you uh so do you have a like a manager or an agent are you able to juggle you know managing you know all like all that portion of it as well as the actual filming editing distribution portion of it you know what i mean like how do you how do you juggle that I thought you were my manager, bro. <laughs> Wait a second, dude. I thought this is <laughs> Wait, dude, this podcast doesn't mean you're my manager? Yeah. yeah. This isn't a job interview? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I'm eating steak right now, dude. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, if you're an agent and you're listening to this and you view my work and you feel like it's something worth like telling other people about, please contact me. But no, for the moment, it's independent. Um, I don't have a director's reel yet, which is something I like shot myself in the foot over for 10 years so don't do yeah, that yeah i think you've complained about you've complained about those yeah, for a while huh? <laughs> i have for 10 years and i'm still against them but i'm realizing that yeah, the me only too. way an agent can yeah hire you or take you on as a client is if they can see like your work over a long span of time even though yeah. like hot take but you probably agree with this jake a director's reel shows everything but directing <laughs> Maybe it's crazy like, yeah <laughs> the whole point it's and you know it's, it's maddening well, it's dumb. I mean, I went to film school like kind of briefly, right? But like you learn very quickly, like directing, right? Like is, is really working with the talent, right? That's really like, it's it's not, you're not the master of, of the project, right? That's the producer, right? The producer's, not creatively, right? The producer's, you know, in charge of managing the cinematographer and the and the director and the screenwriters and, you know, anyone else on the set. And, you know, the director is really about working with the talent and making sure you're getting the best performance, you know, done. And it's, yeah, it's crazy because you watch those, uh, what are they called? It's reels or whatever. And it's like, four stock you know four second clips like cut 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 you know some kind of like crazy like top 40 pop song or something and it's like you're just not getting the direction out of it at all it's like edm song plus drone shot of llamas plus close-up portrait of girl at a festival dancing with fire equals director i don't know that math doesn't make sense to me they're absolutely like dp reels at best um at best or editors reels even definitely make that but also if you're a director don't listen to tenure 
Dylan and make yourself a meal <laughs> because it will only help get you directing jobs, Absolutely. which is something I'm Absolutely. Yeah. And and so like when you're putting together these short films, right? Like you mentioned the Denver Film Festival, right? Do you do you have like a producer or a team that you work with? You know what I mean? Or like on that one, how I does think, that work? Yeah. That was my first and only short film actually. Um I did have help on that. Good I place had, to start, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I borrowed the camera, the lens, the computer, um, the locations were all borrowed. Um, the talent was paid for. There was a budget for that. Um, it was actually a music video. I got paid to make a music video, and then I just took the narrative shots from that music video, uh, scored them to like cinematic, cinematic music with like uh, sound effects, so like Foley, like. I don't know, dogs barking, cars driving, all that shit. And then I wrote a voiceover to it, and I recorded it myself, and I it was me. <laughs> it sounded like a douchebag. Yeah, like, he, he, he was not loving his voiceover. Yeah. I was like, nah, dude, I think this is cool. He's like, nah, 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 I don't know. But and it's like worked romantic. Out. Yeah, it worked yeah. out. It was, it was definitely about a girl. You know, I look back on it, and I'm like, I'm really glad I did that. I was always yeah. so scared to submit, you know, that kind of shit. Cause you just hear horror stories about film festivals. So it was cool to like win a subsection of the Denver film festival. Honestly, like the, most of the videos were just hot garbage. So like <laughs> I should have won. But <laughs> any one of my friends would have won that. Like, but it was cool. I mean, it works on my resume. People have been fucking stoked on it. I'm like, all right, I, I was going to ask that. Does that help you like get more work? You know what I mean? Especially yeah, like if you does. want to move out of, okay. It really does. Awesome. And I didn't know that. Cause again, I took 10 years to do, to make a short film. So like if you're a director, don't make that mistake. Like it's just ridiculous. I'm the keep making things guy. I got it on my shirt and here I was never <laughs> keep making those, the things I want to do, like movie things, like short film, music videos, it's yeah. going to be hard to get yourself a movie job off a of music video, you know? So you got to make short sure. films. And then, so like the like the production team you worked with on that video, would you work with them again, right? Are you are you like kind of like I, there's some teams I know in the short film world, right? That you know it's always the same like five or six people, right? Like you know the same like they might cycle roles a little bit, right? D- director and producer might switch off, but they're you know they're always giving and taking on each other's projects. Is that something you're looking for, right? Like that idea of building a consistent filmmaking team, right? Or is the idea to like you know obviously you're kind of nomadic, right? So move to a new location, right? Find the best there is there. And then kind of grow, you know, a bunch of separate teams in each city, right? And then you're bouncing around, right? You're shooting short films, music videos, whatever. And you've got this team kind of headquartered in each each location. I don't know. Yeah, I've ever given so thought to that at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you might have just given me my blueprint. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm nomadic, but filmmaking is a team-making sport. What I work with. Yes, absolutely. The guy who executive produced my short film and that music video again. Fuck no. Did he empower me with like a camera, a computer, and all that? Shit? Sure, but fuck that man. Um, <laughs> but would I work with like the kid who I hired to gaff it? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Dude was energetic. He wanted to learn, and he was always there. You know, that's huge in film to show up. Would I work with the artist again? Fuck yes. I love Dear Amber. He's a good person uh, with a big heart and really talented. Um, but yeah, I mean. Film is just full of assholes, so like, that is don't true. sell your soul to. I'm glad I, I sold my soul to make that short film, and I'm 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 happy I did. But like, it made me want to murder somebody. So like, I don't know. You you pick your battles. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's interesting 
and this is a very big parallel with music, right? But a lot of people look at movies and, you know, I mean, a lot of people only see the Russo brothers or Quentin Tarantino, right? But like, they're like, oh, it's this passionate filmmaking thing, right? But there's a lot of business involved in movies, right? Movies are expensive mm-hmm. to make. Even yeah. short films, you know, you're going to need $15,000 to make a real short film. You know what I mean? It's, it's an expensive mm-hmm. endeavor. Um, and it's always tough to kind of figure out how to balance, first of all, raising that money, right? Like, I don't, you got to get that money from somewhere. And then, you know, the right to invest the money and then make sure that everyone's happy with the final product. It's a very stressful situation. Um, and then you got to make money. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the hardest part, right? It's like, it's like, cool, we have this really cool piece of art, right? And then there's like, not, Does there's it, no who wants Spotify, to see it? right? Hey, buddy, it's yeah. on YouTube, so it's free. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I can put it on YouTube and say, like, please Venmo me cash, but that's about as much as I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to do that. People do that. I see that yeah. all the time. You've donated to know. my director's Dylan. Tour. Dylan's only did, Dylan's yeah. only accepting cryptos though from here on out. That's, XRP that's once, or it's once it's, it's on no, Venmo, no, yeah. No fiat currency here. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I think uh, speaking of YouTube, right? I think Dakota, you wrote this question down, but I'm curious, like hearing like how <clears throat> how YouTube's helped you grow your career, right? And then how YouTube's kind of changed during that career, right? Because YouTube was a very different platform ten years ago. Yeah, it's beautiful to watch YouTube grow, like. That is the most decent. I talk about decentralized. Like YouTube is pretty decentralized, although like there is somebody at the top who can ban your video or something. Like the odds are very unlikely. Yeah. It's not decentralized, but the theme, the, the ethos of that company is. So like anyone can learn, anyone can watch, anytime, anywhere, anyone can upload. How cool is that? More content is being uploaded to YouTube before I could snap my finger than I would live in a lifetime, in minutes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's yeah, literally it's true. So <laughs> yeah. So like it, it's changed a lot in that way. Like the amount of videos that are on it, uh, the UI is different. Like it's better. It feels like a Netflix style program now. But like, how For has sure. it changed my career? Um, again, like uh, shooting myself in the foot. I never uploaded a single music video I made to YouTube. I always gave them to the artists. For better yeah. or worse, that has also changed my career as those videos grow. But you have to ask yourself, like, would things change a little differently for yourself, or? would nothing change at all if you put those videos on your channel recently this year i made it my uh new year new year's resolution last year to start a youtube channel and really like focus on it so like i went niche i'm like i do the music video thing now i want to do a passion project here's paintball yeah i started a series called bunker to bunker and i'm putting my 10th episode out on thursday and i've grown an audience of 1120 subscribers who watch my stuff they interact with it um they share it and this part is just like a side effect and like a very good positive side effect bonus is that they want to buy things like merch like i'm making all of this stuff now these hats you know like these coffee mugs it's like they share all of this yeah the shirt (laughs) that you guys can purchase thank you by the way um all of that is was encouraged because i i found an audience not because like a paintball necessarily but like i found an audience who wanted to be interested in something i was interested in and yeah that felt good so it inspired me encouraged me to like keep making things this thing being paintball things and it's like so glad i did man because now i'm like if music videos die down like paintball ain't gonna die like there'll always be four million people playing that shit so and i can i can't run that world but I can grow very fast in it as I have. So I'm really excited about what the future of 
the place where things paintball YouTube looks like because like in my head, I'm owning a franchise, a pro franchise. I'm owning uh, a pro paintball wow. brand. I'm sponsoring yeah. paintball teams like uh, sure. like this company, HK, like they're a paintball company who makes, okay. you know, like shoes and shit. Crazy. Like <laughs> yeah, crazy. I mean, these are hard, right? Like these, these <laughs> are tight. Those are dope. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so like, I mean, that's a paintball company. So like it just goes to show that if you diversify, there is no yeah. telling what doors will be open for you. And like paintball is a big one for me and it's something that means a lot to me. So shout out, go subscribe to the YouTube. If, even if you don't like paintball, you think it's violent and all that stuff. Like yeah. go see what it's really about. It's pretty cool. man. You'll be surprised. I, I'm curious about something you just mentioned, which is the idea of like letting artists upload it to their YouTube profile versus a centralized one, right? Like yeah. how, how much thinking have you done about that? Cause I've done a lot of thinking about it. Um, obviously, um, <laughs> And I can't, I can't decide where I land on it, right? Because there's, there's really benefits to both, right? Obviously, artists upload into their own profile. There's a couple benefits. You obviously they have control over it. So if they decide they hate it in ten years, they can remove it. Um, B, you know, it's all of their contents in one place, which is nice for them because they can grow up subscription base. But then on the flip side, right, you have the Cole Bennett's, right, or you have the Astaris or Trash, right, where it's like maybe those are bad examples because they're not filming videos themselves. So let's stick with Cole, right? But it's like you have this place where you put a video, music video of your own there, right, and that place becomes a platform where, you know, if Cole gets one big music video, right, 10 years ago, and, you know, they post that on his thing, then Dex blows up, right? Because everyone sees these famous Dex videos, right? Even though they didn't go there to find those originally. And you don't really get that cross-pollination on your own channel, right? Because your channel is about you. It's just making of, you know, making of trailers, music videos, and some vlogs. So if you're not already a Travis Thompson fan, right, maybe you don't find the Travis Thompson music video. Um, You know, and there's obviously examples where it does work out, right? Like, it worked really well for Felly, right? Having everything in one place. Um, it just depends on the artist but i mean yeah that being said i've always thought you know i I advise artists away from posting their music videos to those compilation or those like aggregation channels right like elevator and stuff like there there are time and place right there's a music video that you can post there and you you do get viral potential right and you do have the potential to pull those fans to your channel but if it's just a normal music video like it's always like or if it's an air music video especially put it on your own channel probably right um because it's like that's your story right like that's something you want to have there to reference uh, but then if you are working with a director who does have a diverse portfolio of artists, then maybe it is a good place Beneficial. to kind of start, right. To start kind of cross pollinating, you know, when you have the opportunity to do so, uh, cause even if it, it might take five years, right. It took Cole 10 years. I mean, you walk the drip is a drip on a walk. Is that yeah. the Texas song I really like? That's yeah. like, I mean, that thing, you know, it, it did pretty well, but it wasn't until, you know, five or six years later and just working with Cole consistently, that I think Dex really reaped the benefits of, of being there alongside him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's definitely an interesting. It's a hard question to answer. Yeah. You know, like you got, yeah. You I was going to say, the, it's an interesting debate that I just had with myself. On yeah, my- like, <laughs> truly. Like it's like a um, battle of ego, to be honest, because yeah, on one side it is. you want what's best for the artist and that's what should matter the most. But for because sure. you're an artist invested in it, you're like, also the other side, your conscious is like, you need to own this because what if right. just because what if like those words right there and like i mean in my experience i would say it's uh i would do it a million times again let the artist own it but i would have yeah. prepared myself better to deal with the repercussions of that like mentally yeah. like you can't hold a grudge against somebody because you gave them the opportunity to do that and i'm talking about yeah. like my relationship with Travis, you can't, you can't hold that against him because of something right. you said, like if I would have wrote in a paper, like 
anything, anything on paper, you know, like, right. and we both signed and agreed to it. Like then, then you have like a reason to be mad, but like give the artist, the videos, like the short answer, right. the short answer to the, a long, hard question, like, give it to them, but like prepare yourself for like, okay, if this shit pops off and I don't see the same success because of that, yeah, yeah. that this artist did, you can't hold it against them, you know? And yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. So, so just like, I mean, do that, like make sure you yeah. protect yourself in that way because like your mental health is everything. And but, at the end of the like, day, it's just a fucking video. My, well, yeah, hundred percent. But then my, my response to artists, the musical artists everywhere, right. is like every time that you get upset for someone asking them to use your music for exposure or something, like make sure you like inverse that situation, right. When you're talking to a visual artist, right. Because like people who are taking your photos or shooting your videos are also artists, right. And they're also, they're also not the most business-minded people in the world, right? These people are not are not like you know wearing suits to work, thinking about relationship management and stuff, right? They're they're making art that they want to make because they're passionate about it. So sometimes that passion can be hard to deal with uh, on both sides. So it's like you know always consider compensating people fairly, you know, right. and, and things like that, right? Like that's a good place to start. It's a great place to start. If your heart's in the right place, like just make sure you you keep it there, you know? Yeah, like, and, and, and just, yeah, make sure you. <laughs> make sure you're communicating with words well, right? Because that's the number one place to see a lot of those relationships break down, right? Because you have these two artists, a visual artist, right? Who communicates with pictures. Images. And you have a, yeah, and you have a, a musical artist who communicates with like melody and, and, and feeling, right? And they, they, they don't always see eye to eye in words, right? So it's important to pick your words carefully when you're communicating because it's two different languages trying to, you know, merge with the English, which is like the worst language anyways. Uh, to talk. <laughs> so it's like, it's just a lot of negatives there. Damn, you knocked it out the park on that one. Yeah, that I just, a, I mean, you know, I went through the same thing, you know, so it's like. Yeah, it's true. And it's also just like, you know, keep making things because like you get one video with a lot of views, there's a good chance you got it within you to do it again. <laughs> right. No, exactly. You know, <clears throat> all that being said, Dylan, like how do you think you've like grown, I guess, kind of more so because I feel like even just like following you now for a couple of years, I feel like I've seen the growth from like more of like a business perspective from you. So like, what were some like really big things for you personally that kind of helped you do that? Yeah, uh, well, you got to learn hard lessons. I mean, for sure. It's not true for everybody. But for me, it's kind of like been a theme in my life. It's like I just learn lessons like in a hard way. You know, like, I don't make it easy on myself to like, tell somebody they're right when they're right or you know shit like that small right um that adds up big over a lifespan you know so like and that mm-hmm. follows you into your work especially into your art when you have to collaborate with other others so it's i mean that helped me just like realizing that like oh shit, like we're all trying to get money like maybe if i put some of my like if i build myself a website you know if i like take myself seriously enough people will take me seriously too. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm learning is that like, okay, you, there's things you just have to get right. Once you've developed your art and realize that like, I'm an artist who can make money, like focus for a month or two on your business stuff. And like, where, what morals, what are your business ethics? Analyze right. the business ethics of yeah. people you admire and people close to you. And like, do I relate to that? Do I not? Like, and then ask yourself how you want your brand. And when you come to, to that answer, Go out and do it because you already have the art stuff down. It's like riding a bike. Now you yeah. just, yeah, the business stuff is just so much more important than you realize. <laughs> like, especially when you're yeah, making I mean, money, you're like, this is easy. <laughs> well, it's all it's all about scaling, right? It's like 
you know, you have a good business plan, but you're one person. When you try to scale that to, you know, being a self-sustaining business, it becomes difficult. But speaking yes. of money, I think like the most, like, one of the most inspiring things about you, at least in my mind, is the way you've been able to make like a dollar go so far, right? Because, man, you're you're the only guy I know who full-time directs music videos, right? But has not consistently owned a camera, right? Like you're, you, I remember a couple times you bought the camera and then flipped the camera, right? And then you bought the phone and you flipped the phone. It's like in this constant <laughs> thing where you're able to make one purchase, right? Even though it's a depreciating purchase, right? As soon as you buy those things, any consumer good, it loses like 50% of its value. Yeah. You're able to buy that one thing and then just conti- like consistently flip it, right? <laughs> Until, and then, you know, make everything, the situation always works out, right? Because you're able to find a solution. How, I mean, first of all, like managing a budget, right? Like, do you have, how do you, how do you think people who are young, right, should be able to, because you, like I said, we were talking about music videos earlier, right? If you only have $200 to make a music video, right? How do you make that $200 go the furthest? You know, how are you able to manage a budget? And how, you know, how are you able to make these things consistently happen? How do you do it? Pay yourself, pay yourself first, you know, yeah. like, I mean, that sounds easy, but like, it's hard to forget, like, okay, music videos, $200 total all in. How much of that do I make before like a yeah. dollar is spent on anything? Like, and that answer is probably in that situation, zero. But if it's right. like 500, like I do a lot, um, I just pay myself the full 500 and that I'm able to justify filming for eight yeah. hours with a stranger. Um, it's a scaled down production, which you go into that knowing, but there's always a way to make money doing this. You just like, even if you don't have a camera, even if, I don't know, I'd use the internet. Like I'd, I'd go to borrow lenses to get a camera. I would hit up my friend in that city because that's where I'm filming. Um, one of the hallmarks of being a filmmaker is being resourceful and answering, solving problems like in a microsecond. So you that has to apply to your business life too. Like I wasn't fortunate enough to like have good budgeting skills. So I would find myself like short on money. So I'm like working into the future, you know, I got someone paid me for this video and I haven't even filmed it yet, but I'm booking the second one. So like, don't, right. don't overextend yourself, you know, just make sure that you don't spend money you haven't technically made yet by delivering your final products. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do kind of remember that happening as well. Yeah, yeah you know, and I'm notorious for that shit. Like that, that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just shows you're ambitious, right? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's running a Ponzi scheme. No, it's just like, <laughs> at the end of the day, you have to, re- you have to remember that you are a business and people, whether you're friends or not, need to know that their money is in good hands and yep. it's easier to do than we sometimes set ourselves up. We set ourselves up for failure regularly by like avoiding that email for two days that could have yep, yep. saved you 35 headaches <laughs> yeah, and yeah. potentially having to refund a job, you know? So just yeah. stay vigilant and uh, like Jake said, communicate well, as well as you can. Well then I, I think kind of just building on that, like I feel like those emails, right. Become a lot more common during something like COVID, right? How, yeah. how do you juggle being a music video director, right, which is something that you, I mean, you could do over Zoom, I guess, but it'd be weird. And you could probably do it once and then it'd be a gimmicky thing. How, how do you, you know, navigate, you know, doing this job during COVID? I mean, first of all, paintball, is paintball still happening? I don't even know uh, during COVID. And then B, yeah, music videos. Like, how are you, I know that you went on a little tour, right? So you're able to get around and still shoot some music videos, but how did productions get pared down, right? Or, you know, are you still shooting on set or on location? How does all of that work? Well, I'm just like so such a stripped down like nomadic filmmaker. Like right. you said, that like I don't really have sets. Like the world is my oyster, you know. Like truly, right. like it sounds dumb, but it's that's just the way it is. COVID, f- my sh- 
but because I had just done the biggest $500 music video sale I've ever done, the most successful one. I had everything right. All my, my spreadsheets were in order. I had yeah. tickets bought. And then COVID happens, and I had to refund 28 music videos. If you do the math, oh, that's, man. that's 14 grand. And, I, dude, I've never seen that much money in my life at that right. time. That's, yeah, whatever. Um, and so that fucked up, man. Uh, but then people got stimuluses, to be honest, like, the people were given money that they could spend and feel comfortable with again and business yeah. picked up. I personally, I wear a mask. I mean, like, the, I don't know. It's a simple answer. Like, but we're looking at a president who still says it's stupid, but I mean, it's right. easy for me. Cause like I film in slow motion a lot. So I can see when I'm talking with and without a mask on, I'm spitting less. So like when I'm traveling for a music video during COVID, I keep that in mind. I wear my mask. I don't really, I just give some elbows. I wash my hands all the time. I, my ex-girlfriend got me in a really good habit of this. What is it called? Sanitizer. Oh yeah. Which is like, there's no consistency in the world now. Like some of this is like lotion. Some of it's like, it's like like tequila. Tequila. You're like, wow, this just smells like rocket fuel. What is this? This cannot be good. It's diesel, bro. If you need to get drunk in a pinch, like I learned that you just drink that shit. Yeah, Um, you're... But then get tested. Get tested. Get tested for STDs. Get tested for COVID. Like it takes five minutes. You cram something just like a little bit up your nose. I've been tested like 10 times and that's why I'm able to do my job like people are talking about like my production closed down well you were probably doing big ass productions first of all and that's cool that's an awesome world that i want to be a part of but like if i see covid happening i have to realize let me strip my productions down i can still work like i can make a film about my refrigerator in my apartment you know what i mean it's like it might not be the film i want to make but i can make it so i should do it quit working yes yeah just me in my fridge just like just the crack house just the crack <laughs> so I yeah, I mean like COVID is serious and it's something you need to take seriously, but like it doesn't have to stop you from working if you take the safety precautions and you continue to do it. Like I mean, right. hopefully I don't get COVID. Uh but I'm doing all yeah, I'm doing all my shit to like say that I won't, but like I could still get it. Um but paintball, yeah, it's still going because it's the safest sport in the world. You wear a mask. They all got masks on anyways. Yeah. Yeah, oh just, yeah, that's and true. it's also just the safest sport in the world. So it's you're like, not that close to anyone. Yeah, you're playing. Yeah. You're shooting from a far. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, take COVID like, seriously. Like that, that's <laughs> something you need. Like I just want to be clear. Like this is real, and our president is lying directly to your face. And if you disagree, right. like science is not your friend. Hundred uh, percent. Well, that takes us to our kind of final couple segments here. I think I want to do a quick versus thing with you. So I just dreamed this up. 10 minutes ago. Uh, nice. so, I love that but shit. I'm going to pose you two options. I want to, I just want to hear which one you prefer and why. Right. Okay. Um, so, and they're all like really filmmaking related specifically. Uh, so we're, you know, we're not drilling you on any more music videos or anything. Um, so first and foremost, film versus digital. Ooh, I've never done film. I took my first film photograph with Saul, the rapper. And, uh, really? that's the only one I've yeah. ever taken. Like, I mean, I would just say that, like, uh, if you can afford to do it, yeah, shoot film. But, like, if you don't know what exposure is, like, don't fucking shoot film because you're going <laughs> to realize this is a waste of a lot of money. You get expensive real quick. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you do what I do, like, you can't afford to do film. And, like, you will never afford to be able to do film, like, even if you're rich. I helped, I helped on a short film this weekend that was shooting on 16-millimeter film. 
Um, and you know they yeah, they could only fun. afford like four they could afford four <laughs> rolls of film. So they was like we have eleven minutes and thirty like, seconds left. <laughs> no, like literally, and it was it, I think I think we only had ten minutes of film to start with, basically, yeah. right? And it was crazy because like you know we had seven actors. It was a three day shoot, and it's like we had to block every scene for like over two hours. We had to light every. I mean, you know, with film in general, you have to light every yeah, scene like crazy. You know, I mean, and it was it was a crazy endeavor. Like, I mean, we only did one take of every scene, but we rehearsed it That's for like cool, an hour though. each one. Exactly. So it forces you to have a different type of approach to filmmaking. Like you block your scenes, you approach them theatrically so that your 10 minutes of fucking magazine is like locked and loaded and you're getting the best. And like, you should even do that if you're paying for studio time at like a, and you're recording music, like come there with like a demo or at least memorize your lyrics, you know, so you can get the most out of your hour. Yeah. Like for everybody, for yourself, mostly. But yeah, film but, uh, is cool. Well, I love to shoot film, but yeah, that also not makes the director. <laughs> the director becomes the forefront, right? Like it's it's, yeah. it's a cool medium because it's like you know finally it's not just like oh we can just do another take, another take, another take. It's like yeah. no, the director has to nail the direction on this <laughs> yes. from the jump because <laughs> otherwise we're burning like three thousand dollars of film here. Yeah, um, I mean, scene, so. hopefully one day I get to make a steak film on film. We can make it happen. Well, that takes yeah. us to the next one: pre-production versus post-production. What's your favorite part? Ooh, Which part do you prefer? I guess. Uh, when I got a lot of weed, uh, post production. Really? Uh, yeah, because dude, this I'm sitting at my Mac right now, and I just be doing surgery. <laughs> you know, smoking my fucking jewel stick. Um, yeah, I dude. Uh, post production is hella fun. Uh, Pre production is more rewarding because nobody's involved, man. Like it's just your brain. And that piece of paper and you're literally like i mean jake and i were we were just talking about storyboards the other night and there's nothing more empowering than being like i'm writing this idea down and i know it can't work because like i don't have enough money <laughs> yeah. or like i don't have a guy that looks like hulk hogan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like you you're getting the satisfaction of finishing something and yeah most of the time that's enough for this art shit. and uh yeah so it depends on what brain i'm in you know i'm f- so like some days are editing like don't talk to me i'm just here or some days are like you know manic so i gotta write and i gotta think of like oh i'm gonna make this weekend video where i cut off the weekend's head and (laughs) murder another guy and sew it onto his body and then i sit on his face like someone did that someone did that's a real thing we just talked about today and I mean, that, that, the pre-production of that video was probably so much more fun because <laughs> you're just in a room like, yeah, and then, then she farts on his face, you know, like, and they did that. You got to feel insane. Whatever they want. A little bit there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's manic, bro. Like, I mean, like yeah. this language, I'm serious. Like, it's, filmmaking is a very manic thing. Like, if you have multiple well, voices I mean, in your head, t- pick up a camera, here it goes. bro. Do you, would you rather write, like, write the script out or, you know, do a, a loose treatment and wing it? You know what I mean? It depends on the project. Like on the ones that I sent you, like any record label project that I've been a part of, it was always like, I'm writing this down. I'm getting it drawn out after I write it down. I'm going to the location, taking pictures. Then I'm getting it drawn out scene for scene, shot for shot. And then I'm sending it to the label so that when we send them receipts in this instance, they reimburse them immediately because they already had agreed to this before we ever even touched a camera or went on set. And like, dude, that's so valuable. But like sometimes like it's uninspiring to do that. So the other route is better, but that's the beauty of filmmaking is genuinely every project is so much different. So, different. So, yeah. so you can you can get the best of both worlds and satisfy both sides of your brain 
just by doing a, a different project sometimes. Well, then what about so what about doing a you know music video or short film? And I, this obviously is very variable, but solo versus with the crew, right? Because like yeah. you know. I, I personally would much rather shoot solo every instance that I can, right? And there are plenty where I cannot shoot solo, right? It just doesn't make sense. I don't have enough manpower or time to shoot everything solo, but where would you fall? Because I also have friends who like, they like to direct, right? And they don't want to touch everything. You know what I mean? It's like, they want to focus on, you know, getting the it done, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most days I'm like dictator-like when it comes to that kind of stuff. So yeah. I would say probably solo, like, I'm the lone wolf guy, uh, but I've only had two experiences with the crew and they were both the record yeah. label videos we, I sent sure. storyboards for. And to be honest, those projects were a lot of fun. They came together very smoothly because we hired really good people and like we yeah. had all our ideas communicated to them in advance. So like that's a lot of fun, but I didn't get the same satisfaction when it was done. Yeah, like, I feel that you don't feel like the same authorship over something like that when you're working with a huge team. Right. Right. Um, but authorship shouldn't be your number one reason for doing something. Yeah. And that's a lesson you might have to learn on your own. Like you, not yeah, you. Same thing with music, right? Watching. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, do you want to be Russ or do you want to be somebody else? And Kanye. Both of them, <laughs> do you want yeah, to drop? Yeah. Exactly. Both yeah. of them are right. Yeah. The two very different approaches. And last one, your next short film, would you, drama versus comedy versus another think, genre that i'm forgetting i'm like I'm, I'm writing comedy because uh paintball is just like inherently funny and like yeah. i'm writing a long form like screenplay for paintball so awesome. currently comedy but like when i'm just at a bar and because i go to bars during covid i'll admit it like, like i said it but i wear a mask because i'm like oh, fuck you guys yeah like i'll sit by people um you can just say it. <laughs> sneak the, the straw in below the mask yeah. yeah um but yeah like if i'm just sitting fucking in public somewhere and i'm probably writing drama and something super sad uh, but paintball is just like i said inherently funny so I'm, I'm leaning towards the comedic side because like nobody wants to cry all the time yeah. that's true that some people serious. do that's very true well um hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> Thing that takes us to our last question dakota do you want to yeah yeah so i mean yeah you know obviously we've talked about a bunch of different projects that you've done but kind of like you know what it, what is like the dream look like for you within kind of the world of filmmaking like what are some of the kind of intermediate projects that you'd really want to do that would be a big step step up kind of from what you've been doing and then like what's the long-term goal long-term is definitely to make a film direct a film uh yeah that film is something i would love to have wrote myself, filmed myself, edited myself, and potentially color graded myself too. Um, for no other reason than like, I want authorship over a film that I showed right. my father one day, like dad watched this shit, I actually made it. Um, That's it. But in the meantime, uh, the short term goal is to come out with a director's reel and get an agent. And then I, I filmed a, a documentary, my first documentary, I've never done one. But it'll probably be like a 30 minute doc so it's not a full length um, but it's gonna it just follows a group of three people as they travel through 10 different states on 10 different days making 10 music videos during covid so i'm really excited oh, about that that's like, i think it, it's a cool it's a unique it's like it's not like my dream project but you know it's a 
it's a something cool I haven't next seen. step. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I haven't sure. seen it. And like, I actually like filmed interviews and stuff. Like, so I'm, I'm really, that's what I'm working on for the next two or three months, but I'm excited to see what that does. And then like what opportunities that could bring, like having like, dude, sure. I got a 30 minute piece of documentary that is like really impactful. Check this out. Maybe I'll get a, a documentary job. Who knows? But yeah, in the short term, it's just like keep making things, Dylan. As long as I can pay my rent, pay my cell phone bill, feed my marijuana addiction. I'm whispering to my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> feed my addictions, satisfy my coffee needs, my bougie coffee needs. I'm good. And uh, I think the future is really bright if I can just keep making things. So. Thank you guys Absolutely. for having me on this. Of course, man. No, thanks so much for coming. Yeah. So where should people go? They want to learn more about you, man? If you want to learn more about uh, what I do um, and how I do it, uh, theplaceforthings.us is my website. It has all of my social medias on there. So go check it out. Um, I got a cool shop with a lot of sweet merch. Um, it's my hat. I feel very cute in it. You can too. Um, this is my coffee cup. This will... Uh, there's nothing in it, but it'll start your day off really good. <laughs> it ink, it turns out two shots into four shots for you. It, yeah, so just buy that, please. <laughs> uh, we are Stapled Wide. That's at Stapled Wide on all social medias. Uh, you should get everyone listening to this to come check out our Discord. Uh, I think you can check it out in my Instagram bio at Jake Stanley. I don't really know how to send Discord links otherwise. They're like these weird links that change every day. Um, so come check it out in there. We've been reading those comments. He's got the hoodie, staplewide.com slash shop. We've got our second merch drop coming in mid November, which I'm pretty stoked about. Um, but yeah, otherwise, thanks for listening. Uh, check us out here every Thursday. Have a good week. Love you, mom. <laughs>